What is up, guys? Happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. I know this is a sports podcast, but I do want to shout out Star Wars real quick because who doesn't love Star Wars? Anyways, today I am going to be completely freeballing this episode. I am just so excited because you guys have given us a tremendous amount of support lately, and we absolutely love it. Um, Thank you for just, you know, sticking with us and um, thank you to all of our new fans that have just appeared out of nowhere as well um, listening to the show. Uh, love to see our uh, listeners trending upward at this kind of a rate. And uh, it was honestly my motivation for getting on here today and giving you guys an episode. Aside from watching one of the greatest hockey games I've ever seen last night. But hey, let's do it. All right. So first thing I want to talk about in this episode today, I'm kind of going to stay away from baseball a little bit because there's only a few things that I would even say. Um, Basketball and hockey are just so relevant right now because it's the postseason. So I kind of just wanted to focus on those few things. Uh, Since our last episode, a lot has happened. So I don't I'm not really sure what I should be talking about and what I shouldn't be talking about uh, as far as like uh, what's relevant and what's popular, but I'm just going to go based on the stuff I've seen the most recently first, just because it's fresh in my mind. Uh, so for any of you guys that follow hockey last night was, uh, I don't even know what to say. So the Penguins obviously played game one. The Pittsburgh Penguins played game one against the uh, New York Rangers last night in New York at Madison Square Garden. And, um, Ultimately, the game went to triple overtime, so I didn't want to spoil it for you, but it was pretty wild. Uh, So the game started. Obviously, the Rangers got out to a pretty good start in the first period. Um, They went up 2-0 pretty quickly, uh, and then we were kind of, you know, in a hole, and we had to kind of dig ourselves out of it. Uh, The way that we dug ourselves out of it is we came out in the second period, and we absolutely pummeled them. Uh, We... (laughs) We dominated. We, we set the record for shots on goal in a playoff period for our franchise's history in that second period. And it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. And we managed to get the game tied through two periods, uh, 3-3, and then uh, go into the third period with a brand new game and all the momentum on our side because of how crazy we did in that second period. So the big guns were out last night. The stars were shining on Broadway. And... Uh, yeah, Crosby, two assists, Gensel, uh, two goals. Rust had, a, I believe, a goal and two assists, if I remember correctly. He had a three-point game. So, absolutely amazing. That was in regulation. So, we uh, get to the very end of the third period. There's about, I don't know, three minutes left, I think, in the third period. And uh, the uh, New York Rangers scored. But the problem was there was goaltender interference on the goal. So they called back the goal and said, uh, upon further review after the Penguins challenged it, uh, that there was goaltender interference. And there was, there was. Rangers fans didn't like it. They thought they won the game because at that point it was like next goal wins, next goal wins because there was not that much time left. So if that would have been deemed a goal, Penguins would have lost that game. It wasn't a goal. I'm glad the officials got it right. Rangers fans can be mad all they want, but they made the right call. It was just crazy. It it, it was just crazy. So we get through regulation, tied, 3-3. We go into overtime. First overtime, some things happened, but not a lot happened, if that makes sense. Um, So 
essentially they were just kind of going back and forth trading chances not really extreme chances but there were some cool scoring chances that were going on and the goalies were terrific you know as they were for the entire game Igor Shosturkin finished with like a damn near 80 saves so I mean he literally stopped as many pucks as he could humanly possibly stop and uh he is the best goalie in the league we knew that going in that we were going to have to play against him and uh Moral of the story is the Penguins shelled him enough to the point where he finally let one squeak by, and it wasn't a goal he was ever going to stop. It was in the third overtime that the Penguins finally were able to come through and win that game uh, with a deflection by Evgeny Malkin, one of the most clutch playoff players that we've ever had. And, uh, I mean, he just – all he did was tip it. I mean, he was a guy that was – really dogging it out there, really looked like he was tired and just starting to show his age a little bit out there in the overtime periods, whereas some of the younger guys for the Rangers weren't as slow. They were still slow, but not as slow. So uh, we were starting to show our age a little bit there, knowing that we're the veteran team of the bunch and the Rangers are the young team. Um, so, I mean, that kind of started to be relevant towards the end. As the, as the game drew on and on, I thought the Rangers had the advantage over us because of the fact that they were a younger team. And, uh, I'll talk about how that, what that means for next game in a second. But the one part I forgot to mention was the craziest part of this game was in the second period, or second overtime period. Our goaltender, Casey DeSmith, who was playing phenomenal, um, he got injured. And we don't know what. We don't, we, I actually haven't read any reports about what happened to this man. But he hobbled off the ice, limped off the ice. They said it could have been just cramps. But he hobbled off the ice and... Our backup goalie, who wasn't even sitting on the bench because the way that Madison Square Garden is set up, our goalie doesn't have room for himself on the bench. So he's actually back in the tunnel, um, the Zamboni tunnel. <laughs> he's not even in our locker room. So uh, actually, I think in Madison Square Garden, maybe the locker room are there. I, I don't know how Madison Square Garden is set up. It's so weird. It's not like uh, other uh, arenas. But, but moral of the story is he comes out of nowhere after watching four and a half full periods of hockey, damn near five 20-minute periods of hockey from the sideline. He comes out and has to come into that game cold without stretching, without anything. They gave him about 90 seconds to get ready for that. So he comes out cold. He puts his helmet on and comes right into the game. Okay. I'm like, we're fucked. That's my first reaction is we are fucked. So we put in our backup, backup goalie because Jari was hurt to begin with. So DeSmith isn't even our starter. He is our backup goalie playing in this game, going toe to toe with Igor Shesterkin, the best goalie in the world. So we're already at an extreme disadvantage, but then put that on top and put, give us our third string goalie, who was our backup for the game. He was playing at Wilkes-Barre Scranton for most of the season. He's an AHL goalie. This guy's a total journeyman, Louis Domingue, and um, he only played two games for us the entire regular season, one of which I was at, and he did not look very good. So I was quite worried, quite, quite concerned. Um, I, I guess I can't say he didn't look very good. He... The team just overall looked really bad that game. But last night, the team came together. Okay, everything was perfect. They were, they were doing what they needed to do to compete with the high-octane Rangers team. That their biggest strength, the Rangers' biggest strength, is their goalie. I mean, it's, they have a few really good players, but so do we. Their only real advantage over the Penguins is their goalie. And what I said was, before this series even started, that the Penguins' experience would outweigh everything. So... I don't know. You can't really tell a lot from one game, but you can at the same time because it was almost two games. We watched almost six full periods of hockey last night. Um, game ran from about 7 o'clock to damn near midnight. I think it almost ran into the next day. It was that long. So it was a long one, and the Penguins overcame it, ended up uh, on top, 
huge deal. The game became more and more important as it drew on, and now I'm getting to my point. Game two. That was game one of a seven-game series. The way I look at a seven-game series, whether it's hockey, basketball, baseball, you need to steal at least one game to win the series. When you play on your home turf, you're expected to win. Unless it's a, it's a very lopsided matchup, when you play at home, you're expected to win those games. So being a number one seed, you're expected to win every game. But if you're a two seed playing a three seed, okay, which is the case here, you're expected to win your home games. And the, the team that's the higher seed, the two seed, has four home games, whereas the, the lower seed team, the three seed, only has three in a seven-game series. You have to steal, as the, as the underdog, one game from that team in order to win the series. You have to win at least one game on their turf, in, on their terms, on their, at their home rink. The Penguins did that last night, game one. They won at MSG in New York. In the biggest game, they won. And yeah, it felt like two games. But guess what? If the Penguins come out dogged the next game, and they look like Garbo, and they lose game two, you're still in a 1-1 series going back to Pittsburgh for game three and game four. So the Penguins have put themselves in an amazing position to try to win this series. They don't have to go into New York and win again. They don't. It'd be nice, but they don't have to do that. They can just play their best. If they win one there, great. But win your home games. Win when it's on your turf. Okay? That's what you do. You steal one and you win your home games. Because every team, almost every team, obviously plays better at home. They're more comfortable at home. On their home ice, the ice that they play on all season long with their fans, they have a different life. The Penguins went into New York with maybe five Penguins fans in attendance and all blue in the crowd and won that game. A, a very long, drawn-out, intense game. But the Penguins came out on top. To have a 1-0 series lead as the underdog in a series and to still be able to look forward to three home games in, this, in these next six, that is as big as it can get. That's like that game, winning that game felt like winning a game seven because it gives the Penguins a ridiculous advantage to win the series. I don't know what the odds are from the time that this series started till after they won the first game, but from what I've seen, even if they look like garbage in game two, which I fully expect them not to look the same in game two because of what they just went through yesterday, I have plenty of confidence in my team. I am not lacking any confidence in the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. And I, I told you guys before it even started not to count these guys out. They win. They know how to win. How many cups? Three. Between Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. that core has won three Stanley Cups. And the coaching staff is as good as it's ever been. Mike Sullivan, best American-born coach ever, arguably, in NHL history. You're talking about the greatest player ever to live when you're talking about Sidney Crosby, okay? You're talking about the GOAT, not just of our generation, but of, of hockey entirely, okay? This team might not be as flashy as it once was. Guys are getting older. But experience wins playoff games. 
when just like Cody said in our last episode, and I don't know if he knew what he was talking about when he said it, it is kind of similar in other sports, I guess, but in reality, the script completely flips when you get to the playoffs, okay? Experience wins playoff games. Youth and flashy plays and excitement and speed, yeah, that can win you games in the regular season, absolutely. You, you can be like the Florida Panthers and win the President's Trophy and still lose in the first round to a team with experience like the Washington Capitals. Everybody, including me, we're getting into the next game now. The Washington Capitals, we counted them out. I, I was calling for a sweep. I was calling for a sweep. So was everyone else. I wasn't the only one. Okay? I wasn't the only one that said that. We were all calling for a sweep. Okay? The Capitals went out there in one game one. In Florida. Now they have three home games out of the next six too. They've just made themselves a bed. And if they lay in that bed... The Florida Panthers might be out of the playoffs. The, the unthinkable could happen. I would have never predicted the Caps even to win more than one game in that series, let alone put up a fight. They looked like the better team in that game. Now, I was watching the Penguins game mostly, but when I did get a chance to see a little bit from that game, Florida Panthers they didn't look very good. They... <laughs> They made some, some good plays. Yeah, they, they hung in there. But the, the Capitals, they looked like the better team in that game. They looked like they were the high seed, the way that they played. TJ Oshie was playing like TJ Oshie. Got Backstrom in there. Ovechkin looked good. Tom Wilson looked good. I think I saw he got hurt. I mean, their goaltending is the spottiest thing on the Washington Capitals. That's, that's my honest opinion, is their goaltending is their weakest part. Same thing for Pittsburgh right now, is their goaltending is their weakest, weakest link. So if your goaltending can hold up going against a world-class goalie like Sergei Bobrovsky, just like with Pittsburgh going against Igor Shosturkin, these Metro series could be very interesting. Okay. Now, Penguins series is Metro. I forget that the Caps are playing in the Atlantic right now because the Panthers are the one seed and the Caps are the low seed. So technically, that's the Atlantic side. The Caps switch sides with the Bruins. But the Bruins, they played against the Hurricanes in the first game. The day before yesterday. Okay, we're going to keep going Eastern Conference right now, guys. So the, la- the one sentence to summarize the Penguins game and the, and the series is don't doubt the Penguins. Just don't doubt the Penguins. Because when you start doubting the Penguins, they're going to start knocking all your teams out. That's just what they do. This team's built for this. Okay, They have tons of playoff experience. Cups between Carter and Crosby and Malkin and Latang and everyone else. I mean, this is an experienced hockey team that has a ton of playoff experience. Sidney Crosby's one of the greatest playoff performers of all time. So is Malkin. And... These guys are going to continue to put up a fight with the Rangers, so do not count them out. I know a lot of people did. A lot of people actually were calling for the Rangers to sweep this series. I I've rarely have seen anything about the Penguins even having a chance until after that game last night. And like I said, who knows how that, that uh, fatigue is going to set in after playing that many periods and that many minutes, especially Chris Letang with the ridiculous amount he played. But, hey, we'll see what happens. All I'm saying is don't count out my boys, all right? And then for the Caps and Panthers, my summary will be the Capitals have done it before. They've been there. Okay, They've won a Stanley Cup. The Panthers have not won a series. Okay, 
The playoffs are a completely different animal. Why I didn't think of this before, I don't know. But the stats on the Carolina Panthers, of course I'm saying Carolina Panthers because I was getting ready to talk about Carolina Hurricanes and I'm talking about Florida Panthers. Carolina Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, all right? Fuck that. Florida Panthers, hockey team, hockey club. (laughs) Hey, I'm not saying they're going to lose this series to the Caps, but I'm saying watch out. I'm saying Panthers fans beware is how I'm summarizing this sentence. I'm saying the Caps are the ones on the attack and the Panthers are the ones that are trying to defend right now. Y'all thought they were going to scratch the Caps all up with their claws, with their Panther claws, but guess what? And Washington Capitals, man, they're here and they're going to put up a fight and the Panthers are already in the 1-0 hole. So, I don't know, man. Anything could happen. That's how playoffs work. One game and we're already making all of these assumptions. Like, ooh, ooh, the Panthers could just as easily win the next four games and I could not. You know what I mean? So, that's just the unpredictability of the postseason, and it's why it's so beautiful. Looking at the Hurricanes-Bruins series, which I was, I was getting to, it's the game before that, Eastern Conference. Uh, the day before the Lightning and the, and the Leafs played, and then the Panthers, or sorry, the, yeah, the Hurricanes and the Bruins played. I predicted the Bruins to win the series. I did. Now, I said it was going to be a long series, so I guess I'm not done yet. Low-key, I've been rooting for the Panthers from the beginning. I'm not a huge Bruins guy. I do like the Panthers better. I just, uh, uh, the Hurricanes. I don't know why I keep thinking Carolina Panthers, guys. This is not football season right now. The Carolina Hurricanes are a really good team. And I said that in my preview. The Hurricanes are a better team than Boston. I just figured, hey, playoff experience. Boston still got it, right? Do they have it? Do they still have some juice? I'm starting to think those guys don't have any juice left, to be honest. They look dead in the first game. The Hurricanes absolutely shelled the, the Bruins in that first game. Dominant performance by the Carolina Hurricanes. You can't tell everything from one game. I will keep saying that over and over again. These teams might look completely different in game one in game two. It's a long series, okay? So the Panthers, I still pick them to beat the Capitals, absolutely. I just think the Capitals are going to give them a fight. I still pick the Penguins to beat the Rangers, even though what happened in Game 1. And I still expect the Rangers to win a couple of these games. Whether it be Game 2, whether it be what I, I mean, who knows. I still would like to say that I think the Bruins would win, but to be honest with you guys, I'm starting to think that the playoff experience might not matter as much because the Hurricanes are a powerhouse. And I don't think I gave them enough credit. I did not think they had a chance also because they were going to be without Freddie Anderson. Well, Auntie Ronta looked just fine. Okay. Same concern I have with Pittsburgh. You don't have Jari? What are you going to do? What are you going to do without your all-star netminder? Well, I guess somebody else is going to have to step up. Next man up mentality? Hey, it's all about depth. It's all about depth, baby. So these Panthers, they got Bob, Okay. Sergei Bobrovsky, he's their number one, so they're fresh going into the postseason. The Capitals have never truly had a number one. Vanacek and, and uh, Samsonov were fighting over it all year, and Samsonov's kind of their 1A, and, and Vanacek's kind of their 1B. I'd be lying to you if I knew who they even played to goalie in that game, because all, all I watched in that game, the Capitals had it in the offensive zone. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. Like I actually did not see the Panthers in the offensive zone. Other than the highlight of the Giroux goal, which I don't remember who he scored on because the guy was flailing. But, hey, the Hurricanes 
are using their backup. They're full on backup. It's not a 1A and 1B scenario. The, the Bruins have a 1A and 1B scenario. They got Jeremy Swayman and they got, uh, uh, um, what's that other dude's name? I'll be honest. I actually don't even remember the dude's name. Allmark, I believe. I think it might be Linus Allmark. I think it's Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. But uh, I do want to look it up just to make sure I'm not giving false information. But I do believe it is Swayman and Allmark. So let me just verify that here. Um, yeah, Linus Allmark. So he's actually starting game two. And uh, Auntie Ranta is starting uh, as well for the Hurricanes again. Because, like I said, uh, Freddie Anderson is not ready to come back from the injury. So just like Pittsburgh, we don't know about the Smith. Could Deming start game two? Absolutely. Um, but if DeSmith's good to go, he's going to go. So for Pittsburgh and for Carolina to have these goaltending issues heading into the playoffs is a huge deal. Okay. And same with the Predators, and I'll get to that later. But the Carolina Hurricanes are going to win this series. Okay. I'm changing my answer after one game. And I said don't make assumptions after one game, but I'm saying. Despite it only being one game, and yes, they were at home and such, I do truly believe that the Hurricanes have it what it takes to win the series. After watching them play and watching Auntie Ranta, they get Freddie Anderson back. The Bruins are screwed. Freddie Anderson's an all-star goalie, and that's the same thing for Pittsburgh. They stole a game without their starting goalie in New York. The Hurricanes won a game. It, yes, it was at home, but... With their backup goalie. And so when Freddie does come back, if he comes back soon, the Panthers are going to be that much better. Just like the Penguins would be that much better with Jari. As long as his playoff demons from last year don't haunt him. Which is always something to concern about. So I'm saying Hurricanes to beat the Bruins. Whereas in my preview, I did say Bruins. I am changing my answer there. I want you guys to know after one game... I am changing my answer. And I shouldn't have picked the Bruins to begin with. I will admit I was fighting myself about that one. I do still think it will be a long series. Now, I do think the Bruins can win um, at least one, two, two of these games, I will say. So expect still a long series, but I do think Carolina will be able to get past Boston. I do. Pittsburgh and Carolina will then play in the second round, and we'll see what happens from there. But to finish off the Eastern Conference, I said the Panthers will still beat the Capitals. I just think the Capitals will be more of a competition than I gave them credit for and everyone else gave them credit for. The Leafs and the Lightning was a surprising game one, I will say. I picked Tampa Bay. I stick by that pick. This first game was in Toronto. The Maple Leafs absolutely dominated the Lightning in that game. I do not think there is another game in this series that will look like that game did, though. The Maple Leafs are not that good. Okay, they're good. They're a good hockey team. But they don't have shit on the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Lightning. And if they knock the Lightning out in the first round, that's going to be something. If the, if the Maple Leafs somehow knock out the Lightning in the first round, do you realize how much confidence will be oozing out of that hockey club moving into the second round? They will destroy everything in their path at that point, okay? So the Lightning better wake up. And I know that you can lose a game one and still easily win a series, but it's tough. Against a team like Toronto and a goalie like Jack Campbell, I mean, this is going to be difficult. So the Lightning need to wake up and they need to win game two. They need to steal game two and then have the momentum going into games three and four in Tampa Bay, and then they can easily win the series in five games or six at the most. So my prediction is the Lightning will look like a completely different team in game two. 
They will win in Toronto and have all the momentum going back home to Tampa. The fans will be on their side in a 1-1 series. They'll go up 2-1. They'll go up 3-1 and ultimately win the series in 5 or 6. Okay? So I still... One game... Yes, I changed my pick for the Hurricanes-Bruins after one game, but that is because I was already conflicted. The Lightning-Maple Leafs after one game, I'm not convinced. So I'm still going Lightning in that series. I saw a lot of aggressiveness from the Leafs that I really liked. I liked the, the edge that they played with, the Toronto Maple Leafs, in that first game. But I still believe that the Lightning's experience will prevail and that those players will realize what just happened and they will snap right back and counterattack, okay? Lightning strikes twice. I don't think the Lightning will strike three times. They will not win the Cup this year, but I at least expect them to take care of business with the Maple Leafs to set up a Florida second round, and that was when I expected the Lightning to lose was to the Panthers. So to preserve the battle of Florida, our Florida teams really need to wake up right now or they're both going to be first-round knockouts. I still have faith in both of them, though. Moving to the West, the Predators and Avalanche is what I'm going to start with because I picked the Predators to upset the Avalanche in seven games. After watching that first game, and if anyone watched that first game, the Predators looked like an AHL team or a college team, and the Avalanche looked like an all-star team, and it was very hard to watch. The Predators got absolutely massacred and embarrassed in Game 1. And the, 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 the Avalanche have so much confidence right now that I don't think that they're going to be able to be stopped at this point. Juicy Soros, if he would have started Game 1, we might have had a slightly different outcome. I don't think it would have been a blowout, but the Avs would have probably still won the game. And I think the Predators would have felt like they had a little bit more of a chance in the series. After what I just watched in Game 1, I don't think the Predators even think that they have a chance in the series. If they didn't already from the get-go not think that. So I'm very concerned about my pick of the National Predators, and I am therefore changing my pick to the Colorado Avalanche to escape this first-round series with the Predators quite easily. I think what's going to happen now is this is going to be a short series, and I think the Avalanche are going to be at a disadvantage whenever they have to play either the Wild or the Blues in the second round, and I think they will, instead of losing in the first round, get eliminated in the second round, kind of the same fate that I drew up for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, Avalanche are legit. The Predators might have been a little bit of a joke to begin. Um, I thought that they were kind of built with a good amount of veterans that they could be able to compete in this series. But like I said, Soros or no Soros, they would have still lost that first game and they did not seem to put up much of a fight. So I think the Avalanche are just going to overpower them at this point. And, oh man, I don't even know if I could say the Predators win a game at this point. So saying that, Going back to the other juggernaut in the West, the Calgary Flames. The Flames, they're a good team. They're a really good team. And I, I picked the Flames to go pretty far, okay? I actually picked them to go pretty much to the final. But to win a playoff game, one nothing. <laughs> a team that has an offense like that to win a game one nothing is impressive, Okay. To only score one goal and get out of there alive and get a win, I thought they would have did a little bit more damage. So what I'll say is I was worried about the Stars' offense from the beginning because they really only have the one line that scores a ton of goals, and that's the Pavelski, um, 
Rupe Hints and uh, Jason Robertson line. But they couldn't score against Markstrom, and I don't think they're going to be able to score against Markstrom too much. So I do still think that's going to be a sweep. I think the, the Flames are going to break loose in the second game and score a lot more than one goal, and I don't think the Stars are going to have an answer for it. So I still believe that my prediction was correct there about uh, that being a quick series. Um, yeah, I think that Matthew Kachuk is overall going to be one of the better players this year's playoffs. I think he's going to take over games. Um, you could see his physicality in, in the first game and also his, his playmaking ability. And I just think that guys like that, that is a playoff player. When you think playoff player, you're thinking of like Matthew Kachuk. The way that he's built. The fact that he can play every different phase of the game, he's a very physical player. He makes his presence felt, and he also can score goals against you and make plays against you. He's the kind of guy, the grit and grind kind of player that I really like, and those are the kind of guys that can win you playoff games. So having a guy like Kachuk is huge for the Flames. I mean, they they got to be happy with that, okay? Having, having uh, Kachuk, a guy like that, that can really make his presence felt. Like, he's almost like a Tom Wilson but if Tom Wilson was better as far as, well, yeah, Tom Wilson scored the first goal for the Caps yesterday. But Tom Wilson is more of an actual grinder like Goon. He's, he doesn't have the actual skills that uh, Kachuk has. You know, Tom Wilson will make his presence felt physically, but Kachuk will do that and also be a ridiculously high-level player as far as his puck skills and his hockey sense and his, you know, all of that. But... Tom Wilson doesn't have near the playmaking ability of, of Kachuk. He's still good enough offensively that he puts up stats, but, like, it's their levels apart, okay? So, and Kachuk's just getting better. I mean, he's young. He's, he's just going to get better. So, yeah, those are the kind of players that are going to make their presence. And, and the Stars had that in Jamie Benn, but Jamie Benn's older now. Jamie Benn's not the player he once was. Matthew Kachuk's just a better version of that. So, I just feel like the Stars' old team, where they have all these veterans, all these really old guys like Suter and Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan hasn't really been the same player since he went to Dallas. Um, Pavelski is really old. I just, I don't see them, like I said, from the beginning, I didn't see them having a chance. But now I really don't see them having a chance. If they could lose a game one nothing, I mean, Markstrom had their number. You know, He wasn't letting anything in. So I'm sticking with that. Sticking with that. Flames and Avalanche from the beginning were the juggernauts in the West. And they're both in on cruise control. Honestly, they're going to be on cruise control in this first round. They're not going to actually face a tough test until round two. And for the Flames, they're not really going to face a tough test until the conference final. They, they have the easiest path. They can get away with winning games one nothing because the teams they have to play in these first two rounds are going to be so easy for them. If they don't make it out of these first two rounds, I'll never pick the Flames again. Truly. Never. Because it's just impossible to... They will be the Maple Leafs of, of the Western Conference. Like, if they can't get through this year, there's no year that they can get through because this is the easiest path I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, the Avalanche have to do the hard work. If they get through the Predators, they have to play either the Wild or the Blues, who are the third, second, and or the, sorry, the third and fourth best teams in the West, in my opinion. If I was to make a Western Conference power rankings, it would go Flames, Avalanche, 
wild blues. And other people may say Avalanche Flames wild blues. So either way, two juggernauts at the top and then the next two best teams are playing each other in the first round, the wild and the blues. So talking about the wild and the blues, I already said that's going to be a long series. I still think it will be. The blues are kind of reminding me of that year they won the Stanley Cup right now. And everybody said, oh, no, no, no. I mean... I could see either team winning the series at this point. I did pick the Wild to go really far in this year's playoffs, but the St. Louis Blues, man, I mean, it's just that it's really reminiscent of what they did when they won the Cup before. No one expected it, and it just happened. And I, that's kind of how I'm seeing this year playing out right now for them. Um, nobody would see it coming, but they could easily go on a really deep playoff run here. Um, I just think that the X factor for the reason why I picked... The Wild was Marc-Andre Fleury, and I just the Wild aren't playing good enough in front of him right now. It was one game, so I'm not changing my pick, but it is going to be a long series either way, and I'm, you know, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Basically, what this episode of this podcast is, is me kind of telling you where I'm at, you know, as far as after watching one game, what do I think? And um, not a lot's changed, but some things have. So I'm just kind of putting this out there for people that don't watch hockey. I don't think you'll really enjoy listening to this. (laughs) But um, the last series I have to go over real quick. And then, honestly, I might give you guys some NBA content just so that you're not sleeping over there. (laughs) Oilers-Kings. Now, I did say I thought the Oilers would get by the Kings pretty easily because the Kings don't have Drew Doughty. I said, hey, it's going to be like a six-game series. Maybe they'll win one or two. It's a five- or six-game series. Oilers will win. The Oilers, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm obviously rooting for the Kings to win the series, but I'm just, like, so confused. Like, every year with the Oilers, it's like all of their scoring comes from two players, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That's their team. That's their whole team. <laughs> like, literally. Um, no. There's some solid vets. Duncan Keith, Cody CC on defense. Good young defenseman like Bouchard. Um, got Darnell Nurse back there. I mean, not, not bad. Not bad, right? Um, got some other pieces around the boys. You know, you got like Evander Kane and Zach Hyman. and uh, I don't know. Yamamoto. <laughs> um not really looking at it right now. I'm just kind of like going off the top of my head of players I thought of. Nugent Hopkins, I think. Uh, but yeah, it's like the Oilers are so unpredictable. Like it's like they go out there, you know Connor's getting a goal. You know Leon's getting a goal. And if they don't, they're going to set somebody up. But do, can you count on secondary scoring with that team? And my answer is no. The Kings seem like they have guys that can just out-effort you. Not outplay you, but just outwork you. And that seems to be the type of way that the Kings were always built. And they won some Stanley Cups that way. Not a ton of skill. A few skill players. But it's mainly just guys that are going to work you hard. And that's this, the king of that was L.A. King Drew Doughty. You know, he was the guy that on the back end would kind of sure things up. And then Jonathan Quick would just turn into playoff Jonathan Quick. And he might be able to do it again. 
I mean, game one, he really didn't look bad. Don, uh, Jonathan Quick didn't look bad at all. Um, so going into game two with the Kings having a one nothing lead in the series, I'm saying don't sleep on him. You know, I'm, it's sad that they don't have Drew Doughty because Drew Doughty was the one guy that could possibly lock down McDavid or Dreisaitl on the back end. But I don't know, man. They might be able to escape the first round. They will still have no chance against the Flames. But the Kings might be able to pull this off. Might. And that was a road game that they won. So they stole one. They still have three home games. So, hey, <laughs> anything is possible in the NHL playoffs. I'll tell you guys that over and over again. So, 